guys, it has been ages. This is the aspirational podcast for hopeless people and I am your hopeless host Donna Scott. Right now by myself but at some point I will be announcing that I'm going to make Neil my co-host because he's here all the time. But right now he's asleep so I thought I'd come on and have a go at recording this episode by myself so at least I've got an episode because I've been promising people an episode for ages and ages and ages and there hasn't been one and the reason for that is well you know how we caught Covid after catching Covid we have been knackered Uh, quite frankly Neil's got a day job where he works long long hours in physical work and I'm just knackered I've barely got the energy to do my day job, let alone work two, work three, work four, all the things I do. And doing the podcast has just been too much at times because I'm usually ready for bed right now. Eight o'clock it is. Uh, I'm fighting at the moment because Neil's on my side of the bed and the washing's on the other. So I thought I might as well come and talk to you guys. (laughs) Don't I make you feel special? Anyway, I've been so, so tired since catching COVID all the time. I have thought I would record this episode for you because I've got some advice about that for you. But I don't want to dwell on this. <laughs> it's not great listening, just going moany, moany, moany. And I'm not moaning because I found something out and I think it's really positive. But when I caught COVID, I didn't know this had happened. I seem to have had my immune system attack my body that's what's happened because i have now joined thousands of my friends with hypothyroidism hypothyroidism gosh there's too many syllables for this time of night when you're knackered but yeah hypo not hyper hypo if you've got hypothyroidism then it means that your thyroid the little butterfly shaped gland in your neck uh isn't producing enough of the hormone thyroxine thyroxine for your body to function properly and this affects lots of things including the absorption of certain elements that you in your diet so bits of you don't function as well you get brain fog can you tell i've got a bit of brain fog (laughs) you get depression and what else oh you can start laying down lots and lots of cholesterol if you, if you leave it too long and get heart disease so it's kind of important to sort it out so if you've had covid and you're feeling tired phone your doctor and they'll put you on this thing called the long covid program and the first thing they'll do is they will take a blood test and this is how they find out about whether or not you've got something underlying going on like what I have so the vast majority of people who develop hypothyroidism get it because their immune system goes into overdrive while they're fighting off an infection and my body was fighting off COVID-19 so it meant that my body attacked my thyroid gland and it started shutting down and that is why I'm knackered all the time it means that now I'm a special certificate carrier because I have to take medicine every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> and what I didn't realise was I've got to avoid eating 
cabbage. <laughs> and you think, oh, that's easy. I'll avoid cabbage. <laughs> and until you realise that it's in everything in your fridge. <laughs> All the salad. The salad your friend gives you when you're watching the football round his house. <laughs> Even the dog I walk is obsessed with cabbage. Because somebody puts cabbage out in the park for the bunnies and they must be thinking oh the bunnies love this cabbage they're always eating the cabbage it's not it's this vimarana that i walk he goes into the park and he goes straight over between the the trees if he sees a rabbit he'll chase it off so that he can have all the cabbage (laughs) cabbage and cauliflower and radishes he loves them he just sits there won't move until he's eaten (laughs) loads and loads of cabbage and usually what they'll do is they scatter the leaves everywhere. So he does a little kind of like treasure trail, like like Pac-Man for brassicas. And he'll walk around the park just going chomp, 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 chomp. But the other day they just chucked a whole cabbage down. And um, no, it's awful. There's an old guy walks in the park and he's got a great big cockapoo or something like that. You know, one of them daft looking dogs with curly hair but it's huge and the poor old fella he can't let the dog off the lead because he runs off and the dog if he does start running the the poor old fella's too weak to hold him so he pulls him over and um like normally when we see him we make sure our dog's on the lead because you know we see this dog and he's, he's not very well trained so an adult this dog is Harvey he'll come back normally unless he's got a great big cabbage in his mouth and he thinks you want to take it off him then he runs around (laughs) with his cabbage in his gob and um yeah and the the other day this poor old man this dog just just bolted he did let go didn't pull him over but we had to like grab this dog and take him back to the man and then I had to chase Harvey around the park with his cabbage in his mouth and then make sure that he was far away from the poor old guy with his dog so anyway Harvey he can eat cabbage and I can eat cabbage as long as it's far enough away in the day from when I take my pill which is breakfast time actually it's not breakfast time anymore it's long long time before breakfast um, because it has to be at least half an hour before you eat anything even a cup of tea you can't have a cup of tea until so normally I have I have it when I get up and then I go walk the dog and then I'll I'll have my cup of tea and my breakfast and I come back so that's you know a good hour no eating raw cabbage in the park for me <laughs> should be okay with it really but the one thing I apparently can't eat is kelp <laughs> I said that to my, my friend and I said oh I can't eat kelp and he was like oh what a shame I'm sure that's going to ruin your life <laughs> And I was like, well, I've got another friend. He collects this beautiful purple kelp from the beaches and he dries it out and he turns it into a lovely kelp powder. I was going to buy some of him. <laughs> Can't have any. I think, uh, well, I've got to look more into this thing. I've only just been diagnosed, to be fair. If you've got hypothyroidism, advice is great. Give me some advice. All I know is the doctor. The doctor rang me up and he... um. He said, well, I've, I've got some news for you. You've got hypothyroidism. He said, you have a condition called hypothyroidism. And uh, um, what you want to do, you want to look that up. Look it up on the NHS website. And don't just look it up anywhere because there's rubbish out there. And honestly, I found rubbish. It tells you not to eat loads of stuff. 
if you've got hypothyroidism on the internet and there are loads of people who just think oh, i've got hypothyroidism I'm, I'm, i must be immunocompromised well no you're not your immune system works very very well because that's how you got it in the first place <laughs> it just attacked your body <laughs> on a link from the nhs website there's a link to thyroiduk.org this is an okay website and the bit from the position statement about COVID-19, which goes on a lot about whether or not you makes you more susceptible to COVID, it doesn't, is whether or not COVID-19 can cause thyroid disease. Spoiler alert, it does big time. Big study in Italy, mostly looking at people who've been in intensive care because, you know, they are there to have their blood taken we're not there to have their blood taken it's, it's just handy they're in hospital they're having their blood taken anyway and they noticed that there is a lot of people in intensive care in uh, italy that have had covid19 and then developed issues with their thyroid so it's definitely linked well we know that don't we we know it but what do i say what is positive about this well it means Hey ho! It means that even though I'm even more diminished as a human being now with, in terms of her hormones, because I've got no giblets and I've got a compromised thyroid, it means that I have the power to do something about it. And so what I've got to do is every six weeks I've got to have a blood test until we get the levels right of my thyroxine levothyroxine that they that i have to take every morning so i'm on like a small dose at the moment and we'll see whether or not that's okay for me they start small they build you up and then hopefully i'll stop feeling so knackered all the time and another thing this has done is this is a bit of a wake-up call because i've got to really make sure my diet's good now because having a dodgy thyroid means that you can lay down those fatty deposits in your heart uh, quick smart if you ain't careful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't want cholest high cholesterol or anything. They'd tell me if that was in the blood as well, because I'm pretty sure that that tells you. So I'm all right right now, but it's just it's a risk, isn't it? This gives me absolute free reign to research all about the Van Tullican twins. Yep, absolutely, I said it. The Van Tullican twins. And, gosh, there's three of them as well. There's a brother called Jay. I think he's the director of Misfits, but I'm not sure. Do you know who the Van Tullican twins are? Which one's your favourite? Mine's and. <laughs> uh, oh, right, if you haven't heard of the Van Tullican twins, they are doctors on TV. They specialise in diseases, tropical diseases, I think. Well, I know Zan does. And recently, Chris did a programme with a bit of a clickbaity title called What Are We Feeding Our Kids? <laughs> you know, reminding me very much of Honey, We're Killing Our Kids in the 90s. Do you remember that? Or was it early 2000s? Anyway, there was a programme on, used to be on, called Honey, We're Killing the Kids. And presented by this blonde woman who would take a family, look at them and go, very simply face. It's like... Right, this is your daughter now, and they do a like a drawing of the of the of the kids. This, these, this is your daughter now. Doesn't she look nice? And if you keep parenting her like this, this is what she's going to look like at forty. And 
She would be, you know, book tooth, fat, bulgy eyes, thinning hair, and dressed in a tracksuit. And they'd go through an intensive four-week training program of proper parenting and keeping a big logbook and feeding the kids proper recipes. And if they deviated from those recipes, then blonde lady would go, yeah, but is that in my recipe book, though? Are you qualified nutrition? Well, don't. Don't. Just feed my recipe. Okay. And she'd be like that with them. And then they'd come back and they'd go, right, uh, we've uh, looked at how you've progressed in your four-week crash parenting course. And I'm satisfied to say that they, they would age their child again. And all of a sudden, the child would have nice hair, not be bald, and wearing a suit. <laughs> and that's what happens when you feed your child properly. They grow up to work in an office. You know, they've got a proper, proper job. And they're not unemployed and their male pattern baldness just stops <laughs> uh, that's in women and uh, yeah they don't get fat or too thin they had one where there was a girl she was too thin and that basically made her look like she was going to turn 40 she would be on heroin on <gasps> all of her hair would be like falling out chris's program was not like that it was him eating a diet which echoed what the vast majority of people um, would probably consider to be okay. So he's looking in particular at ultra-processed foods. Now, ultra-processed foods are any foods that have gone through factory conditions and contain a long, long list of ingredients, some of which you would not usually have in your kitchen cupboard. So we're not talking baking powder. <laughs> we're talking things like xanthan gum or locust bean gum or mono-unsaturated esters of stearates or whatever they are. I don't know. Anyway, things that you wouldn't normally eat uh, or put in a cake, <laughs> that kind of thing. How many did he say? Two-fifths of, of uh, British households eat 80% UPFs in their diet. So you look at some of the things and you think, well, they look all right. I, you, know, you have your Kellogg's crunchy nut cornflakes in the morning or whatever with some milk. Uh, maybe you'd have like a protein or tracker bar for a snack and lunchtime you might have a fish finger sandwich and in the evening you might like have like some potato waffles and beans and something you'd think well those are normal foods but they're all ultra processed especially if you're buying like sandwich bread from a supermarket and it's just like your spongy white bread yeah the stuff that you you know if you wanted to you could eat a whole loaf of it isn't it with toast that stuff is no good for you but even some of the seeded stuff's not great for you either because it's you know still processed ultra pro i mean well let me just get to the difference between processed and ultra processed so processed foods is like anything you you change um considerably from raw ingredient in order to present it as a food stuff so when you're in the kitchen cooking you are processing the food so you can turn your tomato into a tomato sauce and if you buy a, a tin of tomatoes, that's already processed, but it's not ultra processed. It's still a recognisable ingredient. It's just, you know, heated up and put in a tin. He was looking at what it would be like if he changed his diet from about 20% processed food and 80% whole foods. Well, by the whole foods, I don't mean lentils and that. They are a lot of 70s grit. Yeah, don't open up the gritter in the street and crunch, crunch, whole food. No, I mean like an apple, 
or a potato <laughs> or anything else you can juggle with. He was eating the ultra processed diet and he had a brain scan at the start. He had a brain scan when he finished and he keeps having brain scans. And what he's found is he's got pathways forged in his brain that go from eating <laughs> to his reward centers that are forged now like extra pathways that weren't there before that basically mean he looks like an addict his brain looks like an addict and yeah that's not good so he's still a little bit he says the other day he said he was uh, still a bit fat from the experiment but he isn't keen on those foods anymore he's gone off them he's conditioned himself out of them but he's worried about his brother so he has started a podcast now, Zand is I, I like Zand a lot, he's the one with the beard and the deeper voice and the one who had Covid and they've started a podcast together which is about Zand and Chris being the twins with the biggest weight difference in the UK on record so that they yeah, they did that thing on, on telly called the Twin Institute which is kind of like a, a jolly Joseph Mengele kind of thing where they experimented on twins including themselves well we're twins yeah, trust us <laughs> oh now i'm going to deprive you of sleep <laughs> isn't it fun what have we learned <laughs> yeah so they're, they're all they're very different for twins and they've started this new podcast the podcast is called thorough examination with chris and zand subtitle addicted to food and the addicted to food is not chris with his newly forged neural pathways no it's zand because zand went to America, went to study and surrounded himself with order foods and he got kind of addicted to food. <laughs> so thing is, thing, I, I like I like that he don't look, you know, like like a fatty. Why do you suppose I don't either, but I am. I never used to be fat. Um I used to be quite underweight. But I think I'm starting to see some patterns here. Uh, I think when I was very young, I was surrounded by people with eating disorders and I didn't have an eating disorder, but what I had was disordered eating, which meant that I got influenced heavily by the people around me to try their weird calorie avoiding foods. Things like mashed potato sandwiches in a toasty maker and by that we don't mean normal potato i mean smash because that that was very filling and they worked out um, my flatmate that smash had fewer calories than real potatoes so she don't eat smash that was when she did eat <laughs> i lived in france with two lads who definitely had disordered eating and i think they affected me because they used to complain about my food smelling you know because I put cheese on my pasta. Who doesn't put cheese in their pasta? It's the best thing about eating pasta, isn't it? <laughs> in, oh, in the meantime, one of the people I used to live with in France, we went to a cheese and wine evening at the school where we were working. And it was Beaujolais Nouveau and all of the fantastic cheeses of the local region in, in Alsace and the surrounding area. And we got to try lots of different things. And it was brilliant. Beaujolais Nouveau is basically wine that hasn't turned into wine yet. I love it. 
It's proper grape juice with a little bit of a taste of wine. And one of the cheeses we tried was a fantastic cheese called Munster. They think of Eddie and Lily and all of that. <laughs> oh, that's Adam's family. Um, oh, there's going to be a Munster's film in there. There is, but I, I, all I can think of is the theme tune to the Adam's family now. Which was better, let's be honest. But I still like the Munsters. But anyway, Munster cheese is quite the smelly cheese. <laughs> and we tried it though, and it's very, very nice. But pongy. And my flatmate, he decided he was going to go out and buy some cheese. Now, he never used to eat. He'd cook and cook and cook. He'd freeze it all. And the flat upstairs used to say, does he think that the Russians are invading and they're going to lay us to siege? <laughs> because he'd fill all their freezers up with the food he cooked that he never ate. Anyway, he bought this Munster cheese. He didn't tell me, but I had just been going on to them about cleaning the flat and tidying up after themselves because they were boys. They kind of expected me to do it. And sod that sod that to hades flatmate bought this monster cheese didn't put it in the fridge because he thought i would shout at him for putting a smelly cheese in the fridge like i would shout at smelly cheese in the fridge i that is the place for it if anything put it in a box put it in the fridge he didn't do that no so the layout of our flat was my bedroom was next to the kitchen and that was on the east side of the building and his and the other flatmates' rooms were on the west side of the building. Big, big windows because it's a school building. And what he thought he'd do was he put the Munster cheese in a bag. And like students always used to before they had fridges, he put it in a bag and he hung it out of the kitchen window on the east side of the building on a hot day, <laughs> a hot dawn. I basically woke up to a yellow fog in my room. And I was like, what the hell is that? Is something on fire? <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was uh, oh my God, unbelievable. So I walked through it <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? They, they couldn't smell it. No one on the side. Oh, but the dawn sun had heated up this cheese and basically set fire to my head with the smell of cheese. So I walked through and I was going, what the hell is this? And he went, oh, I thought you'd shout at me if I put it in the fridge. I'm shouting at you now. (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, dear. So it was weird around food like that. And I kind of picked up some weirdness as well. I lost so much weight and I lived in France. But I used to say, oh, it's the good clean air. It's the, you know, fantastic food there. Because if you go into a French supermarket, it's not like going into a even a really good little oh my life the fruit and veg is amazing you can buy lettuce like that lola rosso as big as your head bigger you could wear it as a wig uh, you've got all of the cheeses you've got all of the lovely meats you've got butchers and they can do you tondo steak which um my family used to call tornadoes <laughs> you have one of them tornado steaks can you ask him for a tornado steak and i would look at the butcher and go S'il vous plaît, tondo, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> what? <laughs> tornado steak, tornado. Oh, gosh. What is a tornado steak in, in British? I don't know. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I think I'm a bit of an addict myself, but I don't necessarily think it's food that I'm addicted to. I think I'm addicted to good times. <laughs> I 
can definitely be that person who does multiple trips to an all-you-can-eat buffet. And I was mad as heck to realise that last year, the big fashion dress that came about due to COVID and everyone being in lockdown was called a buffet dress. Where is my buffet dress? I could do with one of them for when things open up again. They're like a great big smock with lots of layers in and you can hide all of your belly and go back to the buffet several times. I like that. What they should just call it is like wearing a dress that's too big <laughs> until it's no longer too big. Anyway, that's my recommendation, by the way, the podcast with the Vantalukan brothers. I'm quite obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with food and I'm obsessed with, with the twins. <laughs> Well, okay, I've got some other news coming up, so stick with me, podcast people. For the next few weeks, I am going to be talking about the best of British science fiction 2020, because that is coming out on the 27th of July, and I'm going to be having a cheese and wine party. Ah, segue. So yeah, I'm going to have a cheese and wine party on Twitter. Follow the hashtag, hashtag B-O-B. SF20, that's Best of British Science Fiction 20, and I'll be there from 7 o'clock, and I'll be just tweeting about all the fantastic stories that are in this anthology, and sharing content, and also notes on the wine and cheese that I will be consuming that night, so get yourself some wine and cheese, if you want, get Beaujolais Nouveau and some Munster cheese, you'll probably have to go to Waitrose for that. It won't be in Lidl. I'll just tell you a little bit about the stories that I've got. I've got um, a lead story by M.R. Carey, you know, the writer of The Girl with All the Gift. Then I've got a fantastic story by Lavi Tadar. He himself is an editor of a science fiction anthology, which is World SF, also worth checking out. I've got Anne Charnock, who won the Clark Award for Dreams Before the Start of Time. Uh, Ian Watson, who has won multiple awards for his novels, including The Embedding, The Jonah Kit, Flies of Memory. Eric Brown, I just love Eric Brown. Ida Kyo, who won the, the Best Short Fiction Award for the BSFA Awards this year. Neil Williamson, who is the author of The Moon King, which might have been in, I think that was in, in an episode of Hinterland. And R.B. Kelly, who has just been nominated for the Clark Award for her novel Edge of Heaven. And Liz Williams, whose first novel, The Ghost Sister, and her next Empire of Bones were nominated for the Philip K. Dick Award. I've also got a few gigs coming up. I'm playing Bushfest this Friday, and I'm playing Coya Festival on at the end of uh, August, on the 28th of August. I've not got an awful lot of gigs booked in so far because I've just not had the energy to feel like I can go out there gig. And what I'm going to have to do is be very, very careful that I conserve my energy before each gig and have a rest day afterwards as well. So doing those those kinds of things takes a lot out of me at the moment. So I haven't got too much on. But what I will do is try to get more and more gigs in. Because now we are returning to normality and all of the comedians are forging ahead, doing things, getting agents, doing brilliantly. 
and I am feeling a little bit left behind. But anyway, that is it for me this week. Oh, apparently, I'm at like 152 in the charts at the moment. I used to be number seven. So it would be lovely if you could come back, give me a five-star rating and all that, and yeah, whisk me back up the charts and come back so that I can tell you all about the other stories and things in Best of British Science Fiction and interview some people. Yeah, there'll be interviews coming up. Take care, look after yourself, and if you're feeling knackered, go to the doctor. I've been Donna Scott, and you'll be listening to The Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies. Bye! You've been listening to The Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Please like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I love you. Also check out Donna Scott Comedy on YouTube and my website, donna-scott.co.uk. Music, It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle on Flush Your Rolex EP.